0: In Mark 5.36, it says, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Today, Jesus stars in his very own zombie film. This is day seven. Welcome to the Journey Through Mark podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Mark can help us understand more about who God is and the story he's writing for each of us every day. I feel like most of Jesus's ministry could be categorized as a zombie film.
1: Like The Walking Dead. Like well,
0: culminating the, in his own raising. Usually the, the last
2: <laughs> part of the books. Although Jesus, we don't see him at the end of the book. You don't see him at the end of Mark. Yeah, it just, it's just oh, kind of right, a cliffhanger. Right, right. But that's fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love a good cliffhanger. Hey, Brendan. Yep. What's your favorite memory of your hometown?
2: You gonna introduce Melissa, or you just wanna hi. start They know, they were here yesterday. They know <laughs> yesterday. that she's here, Melissa's here, Brendan's here. Yes, hey Brendan, <laughs> start with me.
0: What's your favorite memory of your
2: hometown? Of my hometown? Yeah, like what's your favorite memory? Ooh. The like warm and fuzzies that you get. We are the community of flags. Ooh. And so every summer we have a flag festival. We have a big flag display, all the flags of the 50 states, big flag for the United States. And then we got like flags for all the countries up and down Jackson Street. Wow. So it was fun going to the parade and, you know, doing all the events with that. That's your favorite memory of your... (laughs) Look, there's not a lot that goes down in Brooklyn. (laughs) It's not like a diner or like something cozy. uh, They now have a coffee shop that seems to be doing okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the story. Like every couple of years, some new restaurant would try to Mm -hmm. set up shop and it would last for three months. Well, it's because they sold the bridge.
1: Right. They sold the
2: the Brooklyn Bridge. They
1: shouldn't have done it.
0: And now it's hard getting in and out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's so regulated. They they made a new bridge.
2: I mean, it was... Right, right, right. It's just Say okay. Well, the flag festival sounds like a good time, yeah. When does that take we'll place? Check it out June, usually it's like the 14th, somewhere around Ooh. there, like, okay. kind of like the second Saturday. We'll add it to the list, yep. Gotta get back to Iowa. There we go. God's country journey to Brooklyn next
0: year, <laughs> next summer. What's <laughs> well, so, what about you? What's your warm, fuzzy, favorite hmm, memory of your hometown?
1: Man, that one's hard. I'm trying to think because. My hometown is actually Hendersonville, but it's like 20 minutes from Nashville.
0: Sure. You can do Hendersonville. Yeah.
1: So Sundays after church, we would always go as a family to this place called Quincy's and they were known for their big fat yeast rolls. <laughs> that was the commercial. The yeast the rolls. That was the if commercial. you eat enough of them, you loaded get your up. own it rolls. It was like big fat yeast rolls. That was <laughs> <laughs>
0: what a selling point.
1: But it was a buffet and like our family would just go and probably like like twenty other families from our church would be there at the same time and like kept them in business. That's just something I kinda remember growing up.
0: It's good. What about you, Tyler? I think it probably like encompassed in like the day of Fourth of July.
1: Ooh yes. Like
0: I feel like Fourth of July In the summer, it's like usually like the hottest it's Mm -hmm. gonna be. You wake up early, you know that fireworks are coming, so there's like this anticipation throughout the day. You grill stuff, Mm -hmm. you're outside most of the time, you look for fireflies. We used to have like fireworks near this golf course, so we had like thousands of people would come to this golf course and probably ruin it for all the golfers the next day. (laughs) But like kids are running around, play the frisbee, you bring your sparklers and you wait for fireworks and then you're up super late and you do the bootleg fireworks when you get home, you know, all your neighbors who travel. across the border and did you ever
1: do time. the black cats pew, pew.
0: oh like the little poppers <laughs> yeah. you throw oh yeah we would have fights with those <laughs> oh yeah because i have brothers and that's what we do exactly throw them at each other I have yeah a brother too so yeah well jesus doesn't have fond memories of his hometown Aww. seems like it seems like he doesn't really want to do miracles there because well there's a couple of reasons but to get into it brendan why don't you
2: take us through our commentary for today day seven a savior for all Today, we read two more miracle stories that reveal Jesus's identity and character. These stories are presented to us in a form that scholars often call a Markan sandwich. This is a literary feature used throughout the book of Mark. Mark frequently places one story in the middle of another story. By combining stories in this way, Mark intends for us to read them together so that each might shape our interpretation of the other and provide depth to our portrait of Jesus. The stories sandwiched together in today's reading have a number of similarities. Both stories feature sick females. One was a 12-year-old girl. The other was a woman who had been suffering for 12 years. In both stories, the ailments were not just physical, but also of a religious nature. The girl and the woman would have been considered unclean and therefore unfit to touch. In both stories, people made jokes about Jesus' words. Finally, faith in the saving power of Jesus resulted in healing for both. While there are multiple similarities between these stories, one trait clearly differentiates the girl and the woman. One was represented by her father, a well-to-do, ritually clean, and respected synagogue leader. The other had no representation. She was likely bankrupt from medical bills, almost certainly unmarried, and definitely living on the margins of her community. By sandwiching these stories together, Mark teaches us that just as sickness and death don't distinguish between social classes, Jesus doesn't either. He goes out of his way to heal both of them. This should come as an encouragement to us. We are all in need of healing no matter our background, The good news is we have a Savior who came for all of us.
0: For day 7, we're reading Mark chapter 5 verses 21 through chapter 6 verse 6. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion, with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha koum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, Get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around, she was twelve years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this, and told them to give her something to eat. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Melissa, want to read our discussion questions for Day 7?
1: First question. Mark 6, 5-6 indicates that Jesus did not do any miracles in his hometown because of their lack of faith. What does this teach us if we're looking for a miracle in order to believe? Second question. Mark 5:30 says that Jesus noticed the touch of the sick woman even while a crowd pressed against him. Jesus' awareness of the woman should encourage us. He can sense when we reach out to him too. Use this time and space to reach out to Jesus today. Be bold with your prayers and confident that he notices you.
0: Sandwiches are good, but these ones from Mark are a little confusing. What's his deal? <laughs> what's his deal? <laughs> why is he got to like? Why can't he just tell us the story straight up? He's got to like make it all confusing and sandwich them. Well, he my question is spicy. Like,
1: what's in the middle?
0: What do you mean, what's in the middle?
1: Well, there's, you know, oh, he starts the story with the girl. Yes. That is dying. Yeah. And then the woman touches him. Mm-hmm. And then he finishes the yes. other part of the story.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is something Mark does a lot. We've already seen this a few times. We just didn't really talk about it. We'll see it many more times, most prominently in the story where Jesus goes and flips tables. And oh, he's yeah. cursing my fig favorites. trees. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, what's going on there? But that's one of the most prominent Mark and Sandwiches. But yeah, he basically tells a story enters another story into the middle of it. Okay. I mean, and this is a sequence of events. It's not like this isn't how things worked out right. anyway. But he could have finished the one story or he could have just told one of the stories but he decided to tell both right. and he told them in a way that this one is set in the middle. And the purpose as you look at all these a lot of people have done a lot of research on these it's very clear that the way we're supposed to read these stories is to look at how they sort of interpret one another. How one helps us understand the other.
1: Mm, that's good.
2: And how does one help us
1: understand <laughs> Interpret
2: the other. Did you even listen to
0: m- me read the commentary? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was dozing on and off <laughs> during your commentary. I mean, a You're little like bit. My wife, when I start talking, when you start talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad sign. Yep. No, I just, I'm just curious. What is kind of the point of putting these two stories together? You got the one woman mm-hmm. who has been ill, bleeding yep. for years, spent mm-hmm. all of her money. It says, and I think it's interesting that Jesus felt power go out of him mm-hmm. and. That's like something that he has control over. So we're learning a little bit more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. He knows and is intentional with the power that he has Mm -hmm. and is able to use. But then we switch immediately to this other story where he's raising this girl from the dead.
2: Yeah. What's the point of putting
0: these two together?
2: There are a number of takeaways I think we can make. I start by looking at all the similarities. Mm -hmm. Again, it's about two females who are both ritually unclean, one as bleeding, one we learn that she's died. Jesus touches them both. We talked about this yesterday, how Jesus breaks the rules of cleanliness. Typically, people would not touch people like this because they make them unclean. And Jesus actually, you might say, restores their cleanliness, which Mm -hmm. is, I think, important. So you have these two girls, both are unclean. The number 12 is attached to them both. I mean, it's just an interesting- 12 years old and 12 years bleeding. Yeah. Yep. It's just one of those details, Mark.
1: Never saw that before. (laughs) It doesn't
2: have to be a huge deal, but it's like, I talked about this in my class the other day, that when the writers of scripture include details, especially Mark, because Mark is fast-paced. He tells a lot of stories, but He just kind of moves Mm -hmm. really quickly. If he gives you details, you should pay attention. Like why would a detail be there? Because typically details mean something. Again, number 12, its just a way to tie them both together. She's 12, the other suffered for 12 years. And so they have all these similarities, mm-hmm. but then when you see all the similarities, you also start to notice the contrast. Mm-hmm. I think that's the value in comparing. You can start to see the contrasts much more clearly. Mm-hmm. And the main difference between the two is, one, she has no representation. Mm-hmm. She's older woman, not right. married, living at the edges of society. The other is a girl. She has a powerful dad mm-hmm. who's representing her, reaching out to Jesus for her. And I think the point is that Jesus cares for them both. I think it's also, so interesting that Jesus he gives time right to the one woman but he also doesn't neglect. He follows up with the other Mm -hmm. family as well. And it says a little bit about God's timing. I think sometimes too, I think there's a message in there for us as well. I think it is interesting
0: that the people who would be in charge of the temple system, who would watch this would be seeing a lot of things wrong with the way Jesus is acting. And it's mainly about that aspect of being unclean. Mm -hmm. But when somebody is able to restore that just by, like you said, giving time, giving power for sure. And like acknowledging some of these sufferings, these people would be frustrated Mm -hmm. because not only is he breaking their rules but he's overcoming the rules themselves and like Mm -hmm. you can't argue with miracles happening you can't argue with the fact that like just when they're about to be like, Hey, you can't do that because they're unclean. Yeah. They show up and they're clean again. So <laughs> yeah. I guess we're caught here yeah. a little bit. And yeah. it does seem like there's some frustration that would start to be mounting around this Jesus guy because everything that they believe and have rules around yeah. and established systems around, mm-hmm. he's starting to upend.
2: Yep. And he's going to do that much more clearly. I don't know if it's in tomorrow's reading or the next days, but we see this in Mark seven where this comes center stage where there's a disagreement between religious leaders and Jesus about cleanliness, food, things mm-hmm. like this.
1: Man, Tyler, this is your kind of guy. He's just kind of pushing the limits. Here's the thing. I just... Breaking the rules.
0: My <laughs> way of looking at it is... <laughs> what well, He just said he was a crotchety old guy yesterday.
1: <laughs> I know. That's what I'm no, trying No, 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 no. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm saying. The people here Tyler. are probably like,
0: who is this guy who's yelling at the wind? <laughs> right. Only old crotchety guys do that. I'm probably going to do that in a few short years. I think the interesting thing is today's reading ends with this passage sort of about Jesus going home Mm -hmm. after doing a couple of somewhat miraculous things, you know, healing somebody's long-term ailment. Right. And then raising somebody from the dead. And then he goes home and there's somewhat of a different reaction to him being there, him teaching, Mm -hmm. him doing miracles. And they're asking these questions like, isn't this just like the normal guy? Like, isn't this the carpenter guy? Right. Mm -hmm." This is his family right over here. They see normal. They're like, not
1: doing miracles. Yeah. The, and
0: this line is my favorite. They took offense at him. What's this deal?
2: Why are people reacting this way when he's just coming home? Well, I mean, he's not just coming home. He's teaching. He amazes them. Mark doesn't give us as many details as I think we get in the other Gospels, but mm-hmm. they hear about these miracles he's doing. I mean, at the end, it says he didn't do any miracles there. So wait, wait. it's almost like... It said
0: that he did not do any miracles except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them, <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way. So a little bit confusing. I don't know what kind of mark and sandwich that is. Sure, yeah. Those I mean- don't count as miracles anymore. He's doing so many of those. Those just You got to have a higher threshold for it to be a miracle.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's probably more going on there than I know about right now. But what's clear is he's going to his hometown and the truth is the people we knew growing up, the people who watched us mm-hmm. grow up, I mean, they saw Jesus at, I don't know if it's appropriate to say him at his worst, but they saw the kid who had run around town and well, running through the synagogue. Ran and, away from and his yeah.
1: parents to the temple.
2: When he was 12. That
1: rowdy oh, kid. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Now <Yeah>. 12
0: again. <laughs> rouser.
2: Yeah, so, so
1: maybe they're like still questioning.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like they more than anybody Else would probably struggle to see who he is right. because we have this picture, in Marco's painting a clear picture of Jesus as the Son of God, mm-hmm. but he's also human. Right. I mean, this is Orthodox Christianity; he's fully God holy man. Mm-hmm. And they probably saw his humanity most clearly because mm-hmm. they saw him from his infancy when he was cared for, when he needed diapers or whatever the heck they were right. in that culture. <laughs> they watched Clock. this needy, dependent kid rise up. Yeah. And I'm sure they saw some power too, but they're questioning, why is this guy doing these things, saying right. these things? This is not the Jesus we knew. Well, it says too, he said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in
0: his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. I'm like, okay. I identify with that. When you go home, you go to your hometown and you're just like, oh, hey, I knew you in high school. You didn't like me very much. Or like
1: some awkward moment. Yeah. What are you
0: all doing? But everybody's kind of at that level playing field because you have history, got shared experiences and all that.
2: And I think that's something we can all resonate with is this idea that like when you grow, when you move and you enter into new communities, Mm -hmm. sometimes you change as a person. You become a new person sometimes. And when you come back, those people don't know that new person. And I'm not saying Jesus changes dramatically. But he's doing things again that kind of run up against what they saw when he was maybe a little kid. Right. They say this too This he couldn't do Any miracles Because they had
0: Such little faith Yeah mm-hmm. and It's an interesting Place to be in Where they're looking For miracles And yet Because of the lack Of faith Yeah He wouldn't do any Except for heal A few people
2: Right just lay hands On the yeah. these little uh-huh. people Maybe they were just People like kind of Hanging out at the Right end. Maybe right. they were just Like On hey, the edge of town was,
1: Don't tell anybody and He's but like yeah He
0: just like Slips me. hand behind While he's teaching <laughs> He's like Form Touch my robe. Form And yeah, (laughs) power will go out of me Right But I mean, I think it's pretty similar to today. I think most of us probably don't need miracles. I think some people believe in miracles, some people don't. But I think we're all looking for some sort of evidence Mm -hmm. of God, especially in like rational world today. Sure. I I know I do this. Mm -hmm. Like we're looking for some sort of evidence and work before we believe in what we're claiming to believe in. Mm Right. So how do we move forward in our faith when that's sort of the cultural mindset? We're looking for some sort of evidence that this is real. Yeah. And if I'm gonna believe in this or take any sort of step. Forward in faith, what do I have to go on?
1: I think that several people look for signs, like, you know, hey, God, I'm going to pray for this. And if I get a sign or if I see something or if someone tells me something, then I know that, like, that came from you in a way that maybe people were either seeing these miracles or, you know, these kind of things. But I don't know if that's exactly like what Jesus wants us to do because I think he wants us to trust him blindly, which is all about faith. And it makes me think of this woman who has been following Jesus and she sees him. And instead of like her walking up to him and saying like, Jesus, heal me, she reaches out to him. And I think that's like the moment that we see that Mark's talking about, like this woman had faith, like she just reached out and trusted that Jesus was going to heal her, you know? Same
0: with Jairus too. He's kind of like, I know you can do this. And so he intentionally comes and seeks him out and says, hey, I need you to do this.
1: Right. And so are we trusting what Jesus says he's going to do in our lives? Are we looking for like some kind of sign or someone to tell us something so that it kind of like proves who Jesus is? Yeah. Because sometimes we need that proof, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the irony here is that you have people who are looking for signs and he doesn't give them. In other gospels, I think he uses this language like a sign is not given to those who don't believe. Something right. like that. Because in some ways they're missing the purpose of the signs, I would say in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the signs reveal who he is, mm-hmm. but they're also giving evidence of the arrival of the kingdom. And a lot of times these people, what they're looking for is a show. I think that's what some of the other gospels get at. It a day. Not today. We don't do that. No, nope, nah. Not in church. No, not in church. <laughs> Definitely exactly. not. And so the function, of the miracles isn't entirely about giving evidence, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think for us today, especially, I mean, we believe that Jesus is here, that Jesus is among us, that mm-hmm. Jesus has risen from the dead, but Jesus isn't walking around with you and me. He's already given the signs that the kingdom has come and we right. are now his kingdom partners who join him in building and establishing the kingdom of God on earth. But the miracles, not that God doesn't and can't do, I believe God can and does do miracles in our world today. But mm-hmm. again, I don't think that's really always the function. They flow out of his character they flow out of the kingdom. So I think for me, part of my confidence just lies in what we get here in scripture. It's a step of faith, you might say, to read this book and believe this book. And so you have to work backwards. Well, why can I trust this book? And you know, there's a lot of great work out there, a lot of great arguments for why you can trust these things. I mean, I was just talking about this in my class the other day, this idea that the book of Mark, one of the reasons why I actually find it really credible, like this is something that's believable, is that no one comes out of this looking good. Yeah. Other right. than Jesus. Yeah. Right. And what, what does Jesus have to gain if he's risen and ascended to heaven? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like He gets the glory, but he's not living on earth, gaining money, gaining power, anything like that. Right. You think about Peter, right? Church historians tell us that Mark got this book from Peter. Peter, he got these notes from Peter and that's how he writes it down. Well, Peter from beginning to end looks like a loser. I mean, he really does. <laughs> yeah. He never, he, ever, he really
1: messes up.
2: <laughs> never. Yeah. The closest thing he does, is he says you're the Messiah, but then he rebukes Jesus because he doesn't understand what the Messiah is. We'll read that in a few days. Mm-hmm. He follows Jesus in Mark one. That's it. Everywhere right. else, this guy, he comes out looking bad. And so when you think about those early church leaders, those early Christians, they don't stand to profit from this at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that makes this actually reliable that this book wasn't written make anybody look good other than one person who's not even hanging around with us anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think there are a lot of good reasons, obviously, to believe in scripture. I understand the tendency to want in a naturalistic society to look for specific data-driven things. Mm -hmm. And I think there are ways you can get there, but there is an element of faith that we sometimes
1: have to take. Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, it's interesting because in the same way that these people are looking for miracles and yet they don't have faith, You know, there's no harm in following the teachings of Jesus. You know, many, many faiths actually believe Jesus was, at the very least, a great teacher, a a prophet. And so it's not hard to take that step and start to be like, okay, what does he actually say about how we should live? And it's only once we start doing that and implement how does Jesus describe our lives as how they should be. How we should act, how we should interact with others, how we should care for the people around us and in our world and how we should function. It's only then when we start to align ourselves with that way of living
1: Mm -hmm. and coming
0: into his Reality that we start to see the miracles. Like we start to have eyes for it mm-hmm. and start to have, you know, senses for what he's doing once we start living that way. Mm-hmm. And so to step out in faith, you know, it is actually somewhat practical. Just mm-hmm. look at the teachings of how he says that we're supposed to live. Start living that way. Yeah. And you'll start to see the benefit and the miraculous change that actually can happen in your life. But it doesn't look miraculous when you start, it looks like just an everyday lifestyle that you start to live out.
2: I like how you connect it with sight and blindness, and this is what we talked about yesterday, this mm-hmm. idea that seeing they don't see and hearing they don't perceive. Again, that's what we get throughout this book of Mark here is a group of people who see, they hear, but they really don't see and they don't understand.
1: And I think even at this point, the disciples are still trying to figure out if He is really who He says He is. I was actually listening to a podcast this morning, and she was talking about like, what if today you served and did something for one other person that you do not know, that you're not in community with, and how would that change your perspective about like your day? And it was just kind of like this encouragement, like you said, if we start following what Jesus did, and we walk with people, and we go where the are we go where there is a need? We get outside of our own mess. We get outside of our own head. We get outside of the things. Our own that establishment. We're struggling. Yeah, know, the people with, we think
0: should be caring for mm-hmm. these people, they might not. Right, so if right. we're gonna live by example. Mm -hmm. It might be the only way to see the kingdom come on earth. And we can't rely on all those other establishments or temple systems or anything else to do that work.
1: Right. But we're able to focus on other people instead of ourselves.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Journey Through Mark podcast. If this is your first time, we're so glad you checked us out. To check out even more resources, children and family resources, and the ebooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org. And share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag willowjourney. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.